Welcome to Road to the March Madness, LL Cool Brad. This is our first episode. It's a college basketball-based podcast. Um, it's me and my boy LL Cool Brad. And, and Braden, coming up with this, this, this podcast, I couldn't do it with anybody but you. Um, and, and, and let me explain why. I think uh me and Jalen, um, we we do a lot of content. Um, and even though we may disagree, we we kind of always hear each other out. Uh, same thing for me and Moon. I feel like the same thing for me and Steve's. But when me and you do not see eye to eye on something, we let each other know how we feel and we try to prove our point to each other as well. So I feel like this show couldn't be done without anybody but you. I'd like to welcome my co-host, LL Cool Brad. Brad, how you feeling, player? I'm feeling great, man. Excited to get this podcast started, bro. And this is the road to my madness. My bad. I messed that up. But I'm excited, man. You said it properly. Like you said, the road to March Madness. And um, I think a lot of times, uh, a lot of us don't get into college basketball until it's March Madness time. But for us, we want to take you on that journey to the madness. Um, and we're going to get straight into it. So the, the first topic we're going to talk about today is the AP poll, uh, the top 25 AP poll versus kind of, I guess we want to say the top 25 of Kim Palm. Um mm-hmm. Anybody who's a college basketball fan uh, knows that the AP poll kind of takes you to the regular season. But if you're paying attention to the Ken Palm long enough, that's going to kind of give you our bracketology uh, well ahead of time. And it's not going to give you the what, but it's also going to give you the why. So let's let's go over the AP poll top 25. Um, keeping in mind that the AP poll is typically updated every Monday. Uh, where Kim Palm, <laughs> hey, Kim, uh, he do his thing, man. It's, yeah, up, yeah. it's updated every damn day. So top 25, uh, let's get into it. We, at number one, we got Duke. Uh, keeping in mind that they, this year changed. They just lost to Ohio State. And number two, we got P- Purdue. Number three, Gonzaga. Number four, Baylor. Number five, UCLA. Number six, Villanova. Number seven, ten, Texas. Number eight, Kansas. Number nine, Kentucky. Number 10, Arkansas. Number 11, Arizona. Number 12, BYU. Number 13, Tennessee. Number 14, Florida. Number 15, Houston. Number 16, Alabama. Number 17, Connecticut. Number 18, Memphis. And we're going to talk a lot about Memphis later on. Number 19, Iowa State. Number 20, USC. Number 21, Auburn. Number 22, Michigan State. Number 23, Wisconsin. Number 24, Michigan. Number 25, Seton Hall. So this is just our... You need a drink, man? Shoot, you just read off 25 I, I know, right? This is just the top 25 for the AP, so let's talk about the top 25 for Gonzaga. I'm sorry, the top 25 for the Ken Palm. They got Gonzaga at one, Purdue at two. Uh, at number three, they got Baylor. At number four, they got Houston. At number five, Kansas. Number six, Villanova. Number seven, Duke. Number eight, UCLA. Number nine, USC. Number 10, Tennessee. 11 is Alabama. 12, Kentucky. 13, Texas. 14, Florida. 15 LSU, 16 Texas Tech, 17 Auburn, 18 Michigan, 19 Arizona, 20 Iowa, 21 Ohio State, 22 Illinois, 23 Virginia Tech, 24 Michigan State, and 25 Arkansas. So I always like to say this. The AP poll gives us the who. The Ken Palm ratings, similar to Jeff Sargon's ratings, they give us the who, the what, the when, the where, and why. And they use uh, something that a lot of us love, which is analytics. They'll give us the opponent, uh, uh, the opponent's strength, 
that will give us efficiency ratings and things of that nature. So what are some of the differences, uh, Brad, that you noticed between the AP poll and Ken Palm's poll? Um, I, some of the likes I'll get into that first is I like Gonzaga at number one. I mean, I, they played a lot of comp early. They, uh, they, they beat, uh, they just played a good game against Duke. They lost that game, but still, I think they're, I think they're still the best team in college basketball right now. Uh, one of the most complete for sure. Um, and then I like Purdue at number two. Uh, currently as we're recording this for a fact though, they are beating, uh, Iowa as well. 32-18 in the first half. I like them at two as well. They got a really deep team. Uh, they've done well this season as well. And then they're number two in the AP poll as well. And then they beat number 18, UNC. Uh, so what do you like about the Ken Palm? Um, well, I'm going to always prefer the analytics. I'm going to prefer the why over anything. Uh, even, you know, the difference between in college football, the, you know, the college football playoff rating rankings, the AP poll and Jeff Sargon ratings. I'm always take Jeff Sargon because he gives me the why. Um, so I, I do like Gonzaga being number one, even though they just lost to Duke. I still believe they're the most complete team in college basketball. Um, Baylor is a surprise at three. I, I, I told everybody that they lost this past um, off season, I I didn't think initially that they'll be as good as they are in their seven and zero at the moment. Sure. Um, but I always love when we do have two uh, teams in the same spot because it doesn't happen often. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, both polls had Purdue as the number two team in the nation, and and and, and honestly, uh, Purdue may be number one team in the AP poll. Uh, next week, um, I'm not sh- uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be much movement. And uh, the Kempon poll, and the both teams had Villanova at six. Um, so I, I like that as a baseline. Um, I think Duke at seven in the Kempon is a little low, but they they like I said, they give us the why. Um, yep. But in, in comparing the in comparing the two, typically, um, all the way up until like halfway, like midway of the uh, regular season. Um, I kind of like to utilize both, but after that, the AP poll goes out the window, similar to the college football <laughs> uh, yeah. playoff. Like once those rankings start coming out, the AP poll really doesn't matter, uh, and that's that's the only thing that that matters. But um, overall, um, I <laughs> I thought uh, one interesting thing I thought is that um, AP poll had Michigan at uh, yeah twenty four. And yes. then they're 18 in the camp farm, dude. Yeah, Honestly, yeah, yeah. as a Michigan fan, I got to say this right now, dude. We are not number 18. I, I just got to say that we're not a number 18. I, we're not that good. So that's we, what I got. We're going to actually get into a little bit of the the conference uh, talk a little bit. Um, But every week um, as we do this podcast, we're going to continue to compare the AP poll versus the camp farm poll. And we're going to talk about what we like, uh, what we dis. Just like, is there any team you think in either poll that that they have too low? Um, in the Ken Palm, like you were saying, like a little high would be Duke. I was I was gonna say something about it um before this, but yeah, it's it's kind of surprising. But I can see why they did. They've had close games and they've been out rebounded in like they got re- out rebounded by Campbell one game. If they've been out rebounded by the top teams they've played, even though they've won, but. Um, I think it's mainly just they start off kind of slow and then they just pick it up in the second half. I think that's mainly why they're that high. Um, 
It's, it's also, crazy you mentioned it because it was the exact opposite against Ohio State, against EJ yeah. Liddell and company. It's like Duke just had burnout in the second half. They played yeah. phenomenally in the first half, um, but they played poorly in the second half. And as we get into these conference uh, breakdowns, um, I, Duke historically has always been able to do a couple of things. They've yeah. always been able to play the three, uh, four, um, court uh, full court press which of recent they haven't been able to play it as much and then they've always been able to shoot the three effectively and so far this season they haven't had um, you know the best of luck shooting from three yeah. uh, but I feel like if they can get that three ball together Duke is definitely one of the top ten teams in the nation um, they, they're just going to need veteran leadership in order to play meaningful time in Mar- uh play meaningful minutes in uh, March and April I like so uh, great job with that LL Cool Brad. So let's move on to the Big Ten outlook. I sure. think last season, <laughs> let's let's disregard the postseason. Big yeah. Ten regular season last season was beautiful, absolutely, absolutely beautiful. I thought the Big Ten, I thought they were the deepest conference in college basketball last year. This year, I want to say the same thing. Um, I'm sure uh, the SEC may want to argue that. I'm yeah, sure yeah. the Big 12 may want to make a statement in that. But let's talk about who's going to win outright Big 10. Uh, Brad, I, I, I would love to hear your take on this. So I went back and forth between uh, a few stu- schools, but uh, I, I landed on Purdue. And I, I am a Michigan fan of heart, and I want to say Michigan, but we're not that good, I, like I said earlier. Uh, I think Purdue is going to win it. They've had some good key wins this season. They beat number 18 UNC 93-84. And then they've beat number 5 Villanova, which is a very, very good defensive team. Very good pressure team. And then they just swept Florida State under the rug. Um, and then they're dominating Iowa right now as well. Um, and some of the statistics that back me up on those is they're second in points per game in 92.4 points per game. Uh, they average 14th nation, the 14th most uh, assist in the nation, like uh, the 47th best rebounding uh, in the nation, and then 42.8 per game. Uh, and then you look at their defense, they've, they're, it's kind of in the middle the mix they're 87th overall as a defense which isn't terrible but when you've got an offense like that i mean it definitely helps you stay balanced um but something that they need to work on as well is they just need to play better defense against ranked teams uh which which they're getting better at but uh i i see purdue winning it because they they're just a really good offensive team um they play well against they they show up most importantly against pressure teams like villanova and unc and yeah, that's that's why I got him winning. Um, we we have a um a college basketball show that we do called the IQ. Our first uh, our first ever episode. Um, the recording you know didn't quite work out, so we're we're gonna do another episode. But the superlatives that Jalen, the journalist, who we will have on the shout show. Uh, shout out to Jalen, aka Jalen Wilson. Um. And uh, Steez, the superlatives we were all using for Jaden Ivey. Jaden Ivey is must-see TV. Um, mm-hmm. He will be a top-five pick in this NBA draft. Yeah. I think his floor could be, and this is this will be a very low floor, maybe a Josh Richardson, um, possibly a, a Chris Dunn or a more, you know, a more effective Chris Dunn. Uh, we can even say Marcus 
Bart, but I think his ceiling could be Dwayne Wade. If we remember what Dwayne Wade was doing at Marquette coming out of college, um, he was known as a, a combo guard, which he ended up being in the NBA, but he can he could definitely score the ball a lot better than Jaden Ivey. But the ceiling could definitely be um Jaden Ivey. Um I think he's one of those combo guards that, that they're hard to find. Um and that if he's becomes a little bit more efficient and a little bit more um aggressive offensively um he would definitely be a top five pick so brad i'm gonna challenge you on your purdue pick i got purdue finished a second um in 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 the big big 10 right now the cream of the crop is is is, it's hard to argue they're one of the best teams in the league but the team that i had finished winning the big 10 outright and i don't know if i'm i'm nervous to say this because i do feel like they can win the the conference championship but um i got michigan I got Michigan. Really? At, at college basketball, it used to be, you know, you need amazing guard play. And I, and I feel like Michigan has that. Um, but you also need uh, a serviceable big man. And Michigan has that. You got Eli Brooks is giving us 15 points a game, four rebounds. I'd like to see him do a little bit more as far as dishing a ball. But that's not what, you know, Juwan Howard and company has him doing. Devontae Jackson, he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's averaging seven points a game, giving us six rebounds a game, giving us uh, four uh, assists per game. Uh, Caleb Houston is averaging 8.7 points a game. He's giving us 4.6 rebounds a game. Uh, Musa Diabate, I probably butchered that name, he's giving us 8.4 points a game and, and five rebounds a game. And then Hunter Dickinson is a guy I was talking about. Um, he's giving us 13 points a game and 7.7 rebounds a game. I believe that Hunter Dickinson could up those numbers. I am more comfortable with saying Michigan would outright win the Big Ten if Hunter Dickinson could take that 13.3 points a game, jump it up to about 17 points a game, especially when uh, conference play, we get into the nooks and crannies of conference play, and the rebounds got to jump up two to roughly nine and a half rebounds per game. I think with Michigan, Michigan, to add on to it, I think it's their number one recruiting class. I like what Juwan Howard and company are building I think right now, Purdue, you could say, is a close second. You could say Ohio State may be a close second. And then shout out to my boy Jalen Wilson, Illinois. They're 5-2 at the moment. Ohio State is 5-2. They just had a big one over Duke. And then Purdue, it's hard to argue. Purdue, I think Purdue is the right call. But my gut is telling me that Michigan, just like they did in college football, is going to find a way to outright win the Big Ten. Is there anything you would like to add? Uh, with this Big Ten uh, outright outlook uh, before we move to the next conference? Uh, just uh, I was going to say that Michigan, the big problem with them is their physicality. They just need to be more physical um, and aggressive with getting those boards. And I have experience with that because obviously I'm playing basketball right now. That's We have the same exact problems, you know. We just got to be more aggressive when we got to get the boards, um, and that's what Michigan has to do. So they have a good defense, only allowing 65 a game. I mean, that's not terrible at all. They just need to up that. Up the rebounds and up the points, and they could be really good. Yeah, I feel like you can't you can't fake physicality. Either you are physical or you aren't physical. Um, and and I'm gonna tell you what. Um, like I said, uh, they are a team. I still expect. I'm not gonna change my pick. Um, and these are still preseason picks that I'm going with. Um, I I just feel like Michigan can win the Big Ten, and the Big Ten is probably the most interesting conference for me. Um, they're extremely deep. Um, 
And let's let's not sleep on some of the other teams in that conference. So let's let's look into the ACC outlook. I can't say that as being a Duke fan, this is you know Coach K's last dance, and I, I want them to send them out on top. Now I don't believe that I, I believe. Well, I should say rather, I believe that if Coach K is able to go out. Right into the sunset. That this will be his greatest coaching job ever of any of his national championships teams. Uh, because not not that they're lacking complete talent. It's just that you, he don't have Bobby Hurley in that building. Yep. He don't have Jason Williams in that uh, building. John Shire isn't coming anywhere in that building. Um, he also doesn't have Quinn Cook. And I mentioned, and I mentioned those players for a reason because they were leaders. They were experienced uh, leaders. Um, and I feel like you need that in college basketball in order to win championships, just as we've seen with Baylor last season. Uh, so tell me, let, let's talk a little bit, and I know I spent a lot of time talking about Duke. This is Coach Gay's last dance, but who you have winning the ACC um, outright? Well, I got to say, Coach K strikes again and run, uh, rides in the sunset. Uh, I think he, I think he's going to win it. Uh, why I've said that is still early um and one of the reasons i i've seen them be one of the most complete teams no the most complete team that in the acc right now they've played the best comp in the acc so far kentucky gonzaga um and they've been doing they won both of those games you know you can't make that up you know uh, gonzaga very hard team and kentucky is a very hard team and they beat kentucky in their opener uh and another and another reason and I know that they lost Ohio State. I understand that. You know, it's mainly because of the rebounds. If they can get those rebounds up and they get those boards and be more physical uh, and just more consistent in getting boards and not getting out-rebounded, they, they can be, the like, I think, the most complete team in the nation. Um, right now, uh, so far this season, they are 24th in, in scoring in the nation at 83 points per game. 22nd in assists per game with 17.6 per game. Um, and like I said, rebounding. Right now they're 92nd in the nation with 39 a, a game. Uh, which, I mean, if you look at it, they've played harder comp right now. So you can you can kind of cut them some slack because they've played, like, Gonzaga. They have a ton of size. They've played Kentucky. They have a lot of size. You Absolutely. know, that those can be some of those reasons that they get out-rebounded. You know, so you – I mean, it's still early in this season – uh, so they might not be particularly a bad rebounding team. It's just the comp that they've played, had the size they've had to deal with. Um, but like I said, they got out rebounded by Campbell, which it, it's kind of not good uh, to get out rebounded by Campbell, even though they won that game. But I, I think I think if Duke can get those rebounds up, they're gonna win the the uh, ACC. Coach K is gonna run on, run into the sunset, and yeah, that's that's why I got them winning the ACC. I think that's a, a, a great take and an underrated take. Uh, we look at some of the teams that Duke has played this season. Um, they had, you know, a lot of tough early games, and I think it's going to bode well when they get into ACC play. But the rebounding is an issue for Duke. I mean, they ran into one of the best rebounders in the nation, and Oscar Tashiwe. I, I know yeah. I butchered that name. He's yeah. averaging 16 boards per game, uh, looking yeah. like a baby Ben Wallace out there. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know... No, no boards and no rings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or as Kawhi Leonard once said, the board man gets paid. So, um, you got to hit the glass. I have a bigger concern for Duke. 
They're, so. they're not hitting from 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 three point range, man. It's 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 early. I don't want to jump the gun, but you know, Jeremy Roach is only shooting twenty five percent from three. Uh, Banchero is doing pretty well. He's shooting thirty three percent from three. But um, I guess I had unrealistic expectations from shooting from three because it's not as far back as the NBA, and I feel like you know, as a as a great three point shooting team in college, you know, you should be near that you know thirty eight. 39%. Uh, so I would like to see them get that up as well. So um, do you think any other team than the ACC can push Duke for that number one spot? Do you think UNC, who's 5-2 and two right now, you think they can push him? Uh, Coach Hamilton in Florida State, they're 5-2. and two. Uh, uh, I think they just got embarrassed by somebody recently. And then Virginia Tech, 6-2. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two. Um, Do you think either any of those teams can push Duke for the ACC title? So Georgia Tech, UNC, and who else did you say? I said uh, Florida State, Virginia Tech, and UNC. Can any of those um, teams push Duke for the for the outright title of the ACC? Is anybody? I think it would have to be UNC. Um, <laughs> I know they they started out with some harder comp. They've played some closer games. They I think they have a deeper team, one of the deepest teams uh, behind Duke in the ACC. Um, with guys that can just come off the bench and provide. Uh, they just blew out Michigan in their last game, like, uh, yeah, Wednesday. Uh, I know they got blown out by Tennessee. Tennessee just had a good game plan going to that. Um, they just didn't get boards in that game against Tennessee. Um, they lost to Purdue, too, which is a that's, – that's a tough game. It was only a nine-point game at the end, though, which, which isn't terrible as well. Um, but I think it would have to be UNC. Uh, it's, it's a cu- – I, I, as a Duke fan, you know I can't stand the Tar Heels. Yeah. Uh, that that Carolina blue, uh, though it may be pretty uh, on the different teams' uniforms. Uh, I just can't stand it on their team uniform. Uh, but I've always been a big Hubert Davis uh, fan. Um, you know he's taking over the ranks, uh, taking after you know Roy Williams as the coach of the Tar Heels. Um, so you know as much as I want to hate UNC. I'm definitely rooting for uh, Hubert Davis. Always been a humble guy. Um, he played here in you know Washington D.C. for the Wizards. He can always shoot that rock. Um, so, like I said, I I I don't wish UNC well, but I, I wish Hubert Davis well, and I feel like he's gonna figure it out. Um, they're five minutes. I would just like to see this college basketball season. I want to see the Blue Bloods get back to being the Blue Bloods. I want to see Kentucky do some things this year. Um, as a Duke fan, I don't want Coach K success without UNC success because it means those games will mean a lot more. Uh, you yeah. know what I mean? So I I, I would like to see um, the Blue Bloods get back to winning. So, mm-hmm. Brad, I have to say this. I agree with you about who's going to win the ACC outright, and I don't like agreeing with you. I feel like yeah. we're better when we're, when we're disagreeing and we get to go at each other's throats, man. Uh, but I think Duke is the class of the ACC. I said this in a preseason. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at their starting five, um, you know, with Jeremy Roach, uh, you know, he's averaging nine points a game. I talked about his struggles from three. Uh, Kills is averaging 12 points a game, and he's uh, giving you a, a few assists a game as well. Wendell Moore Jr. Uh, averaging 17.8 points per game, six rebounds a game, and five assists per game. And he's shooting sub-35% from the three-point line. And everybody knows about uh, Banchero. He'll be a top-two pick, if not the top pick in, in, in next year's NBA uh, draft. And then Mark Williams is averaging... Uh, 9.6 ga- uh, points per game at 6.5 uh, rebounds. Um, I-, I would like to see what this rotation looks like in a couple of months. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if these kids can continue playing the minutes that they're playing. Yeah. Um, but it- it'll be interesting to see Duke's path 
Um, I I truly want Coach K to ride out into the sunset. I, I truly think he's the greatest coach in college basketball history, and I know a lot of you know fans would disagree with me there, and there's some biases there, but hey, like 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 the Cosnots uh, once said, I put dinner up, I put this shoulder up. I'm not gonna finish that <laughs> statement. Uh, but that's how I feel about uh, Duke and the ACC. So let's go out west. Let's go out west. Let's go to the Pac-12. Uh, sure. Shout out to my boy A. Steezy. Uh, <laughs> we about to talk Cali. about the Pac-12. California. Um, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, you know, say too much about Oregon. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, Pac-12. Who, who you think is one of the the Pac-12 outright? Um, I, I have a feeling we will agree on this, and I, I got some little tidbits about the team we're probably both going to pick. But go ahead, tell me uh, who you think will win the Pac-12 outright. Does your team start with an A? No. Well then, nope. <laughs> who you got winning the Pac-12 outright? I got Arizona. Uh, I got Arizona. Wow. I, I got love Arizona. The um, I know, like it, it's early again. Uh, Arizona is, I think, the best team right now in. In the Pac-12, uh, why I say that, and why I think they're gonna win it. Uh, they blew out Michigan. I know they haven't played the best comp so far. Again, like a lot of these teams, like I'm gonna say, they haven't played the best comp so far. They they blew out Michigan, right? They blew out Michigan. They are top five in the nation points per game, rebounds per game, and assists per game. And overall, they're twentieth in uh defense in the nation, only allowing fifty eight points per game. And, again, they have a very deep team. They have guys that can come off the bench every single game and be that guy that steps up. And that's a very important thing to have on a team. Um, and the only thing I think they need to work on is just getting their turnovers down. Uh, because through six games, they have turned over the ball 77 times, which is not good at all. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's astronomical. <laughs> yeah, that's not good at all. That's a that's a that's a lot of turnovers. Um, yeah. the great Sean Corey Carter once said, "Men lie, women lie, numbers don't." Um, so those yeah. statistics you gave, uh, are, are great, and I think Arizona is is going to vote well in the Pac-12 this year. But Brad, let me tell you something. You are wrong, sir. Arizona is not. Oh, you're wrong. This no, you're year. wrong. No, you're and, wrong. And see, this is this is what I was talking about, exactly. ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, everyone who's made it to this far in our debut uh, podcast, A Road to the March Madness. But this is the moment I've been waiting for. So, uh, Brad is saying I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm saying he's wrong, and let let let, let the games begin. All, All right. right, Arizona, right now they're six and zero. You have to give them their propers. Men lie, women lie. Numbers don't. Uh, you said they were top five in both in uh, rebounds, points per game, and assists per game. You look at those numbers and you saying, "Wow, that's one of the most complete teams in the nation." Brad, let me tell you something. I don't have them finishing in my top four in the Pac-12. That's disrespectful. I know, especially with the numbers you gave me. But this is why we do this show because of unconventional takes and because we're going to give you the why. So I'm gonna give you the why of how I feel. So UCLA. They're seven and one. They are the cream of the crop when it comes to Pac-12 schools. So I got them finishing first. I got Oregon finishing second. I got USC finishing third. And I got Arizona State finishing fourth. Unconventional. But I think UCLA is the cream of the crop of the Pac-12. And let me tell you what Coach Mick Cronin is doing. And more coaches in the nation wish they can be doing. Mick Cronin is playing his bench. Did you know, Brad? That no starter on UCLA plays more than 28 minutes per game? Nice. 
where that on certain teams, the top <laughs> player may be playing 36, 37 of the yeah. 40 minutes. That at the median, I feel like the comfortable spot, the safe zone is, is somewhere around 34 minutes per game. So let's let's use a baseline of 34 minutes per game. He is saving his hours if he can keep uh, his if he can keep up at this pace. He's saving his team over four hours, his starters over four hours per season, which equates to five load management games. So typically a college season, 40-ish games, give or take three or four, depending on how, how deep you can you can run into the tournament. He's saving his team five load management games. So that means Kawhi Leonard, if he play for UCLA, will be able to rest every eight games. This is what, what uh, Mick Cronin is doing, and this is why UCLA is going to make another tournament run. This is crazy. But listen to this. Tiger Campbell, he's averaging 12.6 points a game, uh, 3.8 assists a game. He, he's giving you 2.5 rebounds a game. Johnny Juzang is averaging 17.1 points per game. So, you know, you know I'm a nerd, Brad. And I'm analytical. And I'm a, uh, analytical. I mean, it's so a good thing. But... He's, he's averaging 17 points per game, right? Yep, yep. In 28 minutes. So... Mm-hmm. If we went with that baseline of 34 minutes per game, Johnny Zuzang will be averaging 20.6 points per game if he averaged the same amount of minutes that most of these other players are averaging. So he's getting his numbers. Like, I think he's averaging uh, 0.647, something like that, points per minute. So, you know, he's 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 doing the damn thing. Uh, Jules Bernard is averaging 14 points per game, 4.4 rebounds per game, two assists a game. Jamie Jarquez Jr. is averaging 13 and a half with six rebounds a game. And Miles Johnson is averaging five and a half points a game and 6.8 rebounds. Mick Cronin has figured it out. His team will be fresh if he's able to keep up at this pace. I'm not sure he's going to be able to keep up at this pace when Pac-12 plays start. Because like you said, there's some stiff competition in a Pac-12. Mm-hmm. You know, we got a Midwest and the East Coast bias when it comes to basketball and, and football. They playing some basketball out west. So I'm not sure if he's going to be able to cap this 28. And this big's only playing like maybe 19, 20 minutes a game. So if he's able to keep at this pace throughout the season, when March gets here, UCLA will be one of the freshest teams. I got in, something else to add. Um, in the country. To just, just to read off the stat lines of some of the guys. I know I'm going to butcher the names of these guys on Arizona State because, I don't know, Azula Tabilis. Uh, plays 23.8 minutes, 16.5 points per game, 6.5 rebounds, 2.3 assists, a block per game, and a steal per game. She was 50, 62 uh, and a half from field goal, right? Mm-hmm. Then you got Christian Colo, oh, at 23.5, 6.2 points per game, 7.5 rebounds, one assists, one steal, 3.5 blocks. You got Benedict McLaurin. Uh, with 29 minutes per game, 13.8 points per game, 6.2 rebounds, 1.5 assists, a steal, and a block per game. Then two more guys, Kerry Carissa, uh, 25 minutes per game, uh, 25 minutes per game, yep, 10 points, 2.2 rebounds, 5.3 assists, 1.5 steals, and a block per game. And then last but not least, you got Justin Kyer with 20 minutes per game, 7.5 uh, points per game, you got 2.8. Three assists, 2.3 uh, rebounds, 1.5 steals, and zero uh, blocks. But all 
those guys that I mentioned are starters. None of them play over 20, well, over 30 minutes, which is pretty good. I think they got something brewing out West. I, I, I truly do, and they're on to something. Less is more. How many times do we hear that that statement? Less is more. And if you're if you're able to get your players less minutes now and still get W's, you know, they'll be more refreshed later uh, and playing more meaningful minutes later that when in March, you know, when a lot of teams are tired, you know, they able to play them 35, 36, 37 minute games uh, because they feel refreshed and are not as tired as everyone else. Um, so, so you Brady, think that when it gets to March Madness, they're going to go all in. They're going to give them more minutes. Or you think they're still well, going to go with Think them. about how well the Big the Big Ten voted in the, uh, the the tournament last season where a lot of their teams were dead because they beat up on each other in regular mm-hmm. season. They beat up on each other in a conference tournament. And they didn't yep. really, you know, vote well. During the uh during during the brackets um versus the Pac-12, you know Oregon State made a little of a run. Oregon made a little of a run. UCLA made a deep run. You know maybe because their teams are rested. Guys, welcome to Road to March Madness podcast. You're not gonna get this type of content anywhere else. Um, both Brad and I just really deep dove and and we we're talking about uh the minutes played in the Pac-12 versus how they played everywhere else. And we think it's going to bode well for some of these teams in March. So let's let's uh, switch gears a little bit. Let's go to the SEC outlook. SEC got a lot of interesting teams, Brad. And I think I, when I was looking at all these outlooks, um, the two conferences I was most excited to hear your take on were the big things I wanted to see. I know you bleed Michigan, and I know you're a CMU fan. And I know uh, CMU in, in college football. CMU, if I'm not mistaken, got the number one rusher in college football. Yeah, but Lou Nichols. There had to be a spot in you excited for the Wolverines, what they were able to do to Ohio State. Shout out to Moon Vibe Salad to Jalen yeah. Wilson because we were all over top of this. We all called Michigan before the game. I'm not sure if you knew that. We all thought Michigan. Were, we we just it, it was just something in the year. And um, and I know you were excited for Michigan uh, Wolverines football as well. I gotta tell you something about that too. Uh, my my cousin actually did the flyover in a jet in like over that uh, over the stadium. I remember you were telling me about them before. That's that's dope as hell, man. Big up for your cousins. You know he he the one that that they got us going for y'all, man. Saturday and uh, I I can't leave this. You know even though it's a college basketball show. How do you feel y'all going? How, how do you feel y'all match up versus uh, Iowa? This weekend in the conference championship, y'all got uh, y'all dodged the bullet by not playing Wisconsin. I am going to say that. But well, go ahead. I, I said in my podcast that's going to be coming out tomorrow called the Cool Predictions. For, shameless plug, but uh, uh, but anyways, I said the same thing. You're going to hear it in that podcast as well. Um, I think the keys to victory for us is we just got to have those long drives like we did against Ohio State uh, because so Iowa's defense is one of the best in the nation right now. Um, they they do not allow many yards. But the thing is about Iowa, they are just simply a defensive team. They are not an offensive team. Um, and Michigan's defense, on the other hand, is a good defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two over one is better than one over two. Hey, hey, you, bro- you broke it down perfectly. Y'all offense is better than uh, their offense. And y'all have, I was screaming about y'all defense last week. Um, which I'll able to do on the red zone defensively. Um, so the defenses are are close. 
Uh, the offenses are not. Y'all offense is much more efficient than their offense is. So make sure y'all check out the cool predictions. Uh, Brad gives y'all a lot of top tier content on there. So, sure. CC, who you got winning the SEC? This is a very unconventional take right here, right? This team has had a lot of new transfers come to this team this this offseason. They've absolutely balled out. And I'm going with down in Gainesville, Florida. Florida Gators. I'm going with the Florida Gators. I, I was going between LSU and the Gators, but I, I watched that Troy game, and I, I did watch the Oklahoma game last night. I know they lost that game, but Oklahoma, don't be fooled. They are a good team, even though they're not ranked right now. They're a very good team. Um, but when I say Florida wins it right now, if you just look at what they've been able to do, like they've been able to spread it a lot. They've been able to spread the ball a lot. Um, I know they haven't scored the most um, right now. There's, I think they're – I don't know what the rank for that. They're not the best. I know that. Um, rebounds, they're doing all right. Assist uh, per game, they be doing better. But their defense, though, their defense is doing really good. They've only allowed 58 points per game. Um, and they're doing they're doing pretty good. They beat Ohio State. They beat FSU. They they blew out FSU. Um, and then they, they just lost Oklahoma. But I think they can recover in the long run. They have a lot of guys. I've said this with other teams that I've had takes on in this episode. The roster is just deep with a lot of guys that can make plays and that can uh, make the right decisions, and that's what you need uh, to win games. Um, and I'm, I was impressed. Like I said, in the first game that I watched against Troy, uh, they were hitting a lot. Um, and they're making their, – their defense is just great. They, they, get, they force a lot of turnovers. They play pressure defense. I, I just I just like their odds. It may not show it in the statistics right now, but I I like them in the long run. I think Florida is a great pick, and I, I think I foreshadowed my pick a little bit, a little bit earlier, talking about the Blue Bloods. I, I think Kentucky yeah. is going to find a way to win the SEC, and, it, and it's so hard because Arkansas is playing damn good. Uh, you see what Chris Likes has been able to do for them this season. He's giving them a big shot in the arm. Uh, Miami uh, transfer. He's a DMV kid. So, you know, I'm never going to go against the grain, but I, I like Kentucky. Uh, Severe Wheeler, uh, what he's been able to do, uh, be that that true point guard. He's giving them uh, 11 a game, and he's giving them eight assists a game, almost nine assists a game. Tata Washington uh, is giving them almost 15 a game, five rebounds a game, two assists a game. Uh, Kellen uh, Gray, he's been, you know, he's been serviceable, giving them nine a game. Keon Brooks is giving them 13 and 5 a game. And I talked about their center earlier. And I'm going to butcher his name and my apologies ahead of time. Somebody, please, please, yeah. in the comment section, uh, tell me how to pronounce his game, name by well, Oscar Chishibwe. <laughs> I don't even know if that's there. Yeah, yeah he's, he's averaging 14 to 16 a game. So I like what their starting five is doing. I think Coach Cal um, is, 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 is doing a good job with rotations. And this team looks to be already. Far better, even though he had some top tier talent on his last year's team, uh, than last year's team. But I'm not comfortable saying they're going to win it outright. I think they either win it outright or win the conference tournament. But Arkansas looks damn good. Um, Javon Quinley and JD Davidson, what they're doing in Alabama, they look good. Tennessee had a top five recruiting class, and right now they're five and one. They look good. So it's so hard for the SEC. You mentioned Florida. It's so hard to pinpoint the SEC, but I, I'm, I'm, 
I love when Blue Bloods are playing well in college basketball. I'm one of those people. My apologies. Um, but I believe that Kentucky will find a way to win the SEC. So moving right along, I think we've all, we've agreed on what so far? We've agreed on the ACC. ACC I told you, yeah. this is why I had to do this show with Brad. Because we've only agreed on the ACC. And as we move along through this season... Everything's all fine and dandy now. I'm telling you, it's gonna be some time. Me and Brad are gonna be arguing, and and y'all in the comment section gonna have to say these arguments, man. Oh, chill, chill, chill. Yeah, hey, hey, get get ready for it, man. I, I'm telling you, when the Bills lost to the Steelers Week One after all the trash I talked last season, <laughs> I knew I was gonna have to deal with Brad. I want off. Lost. I should have recorded that conversation, bro. Shoot. Nah, it, 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 it was it was epic. I was ready for you, man. It was almost like a um. Post game interview when we lose to the Steelers or we beat the Steelers, it's like a post game interview because we both in Discord. Steve's is enjoying it, Jalen's enjoying it, Moon's enjoying it because they know they're gonna get a show because me and Brad are just gonna be trolling each other or or being argumentative the entire time. I'm gonna find an angle. I talked about his fantasy team. He has one of the best fantasy football teams. He's the reigning champ, uh, but luckily he was able to lose that week, so that was my angle. <laughs> that 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 week he lost. Let's let's move on to the Big Twelve outlook, sir. So, uh, Brad, I cannot wait to hear who do you have winning the Big Twelve outright. Now, this this isn't really a conventional take. Well, this isn't a really unconventional take. Uh, well, it could be this season because they lost. Well, this is giving it away, but Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler. But I'm gonna go with Baylor. Um, and I, I think it's dude. Even without them, without Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler, because their defense was just incredible, uh, they, they're they still incredible on defense. It hasn't slowed down at all. Um, and neither has their offense. They're, they're scoring 40th in the nation with 81.9 per game. They're 11th in assists, and their defense hasn't slowed down, like I said, only allowing 57 points per game. And they're fourth in the nation with an average of 20 turnovers forced per game. Which is incredible, uh, and I you know uh, Baylor. They played all right competition so far. They beat Michigan State, Arizona State, and Stanford, which are all decent programs in my opinion. But uh, I want to see them play some better comp. But I'm I'm pretty confident in them right now. I mean, you're having you're uh, forcing twenty turnovers a game. Like that's 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 pretty remarkable. Only allowing fifty ten points per game, scoring the fortieth best in the nation, which isn't terrible at all. Um, I really, I really like what they got at Baylor right now. If I were to talk about surprise starts, uh, Baylor seven and zero. Granted, I did have them in my top four because I, I did everything in quads. I, I put everybody in the top four. I, I did have them number three, finishing number three in the Big Twelve Conference. I just thought they lost too much, um, as you stated earlier. Uh, but the fact that they're seven and zero shows how well coached they are, and um, they Baylor has been consistent. You think about the last fifteen years. Baylor has been extremely consistent. I'm just happy for that program overall. So, while Baylor is the right answer for now, I think in the long run it's the wrong answer. And you probably already know who I'm going. I'm going with the Jayhawks of Kansas. Jalen, chill. Because I already already know you're going to be listening. And uh, you're not going to like the uh, uh, the Jayhawks pick because of uh, Coach Self. We already know. Yep. And, and we don't care. <laughs> and so, we don't care. Uh, so Remy Martin, the Arizona State transfer, um, 
He's playing pretty well. He's averaging 12 points a game, 5.3 rebounds per game. DeJuan Harris is is, is giving you three points per game. That's kind of what he's there for. Okai or Achai, Abahi or Abaji. <laughs> uh, I, I'm struggling with the names. He averaging almost 23 points a game. He is lighting up the scoreboard, bro. And I really mm-hmm. like their starting five. Christian Braun is giving you 13.8 uh Points per game and seven rebounds a game. And David McCormick is finishing out there starting five or eight points a game and five point two rebounds per game. Blue Bloods, Blue Bloods, Blue Bloods. Kansas is certainly a Blue Blood. And I think they have what it takes as far as veteran leadership uh, with Remy uh, Martin, uh, Igbahi. I hope I pray I'm saying his name right. He's giving them the scoring. And then they're getting, uh, you know, serviceable minutes. Um, They... Got about a nine-man rotation uh, from their bench, and I I feel like they could win the Big Twelve. Baylor uh, is going to push them, but I think Texas can also push them. Um, yeah. and, and Texas Tech can also push them for the conference. But if if I'm betting uh, on who's going to win the Big Twelve outright, I'm going with Kansas, um, especially when a lot of the uh, conference play begins. I believe one through five. They have the best starting five. Baylor is looking the best right now, so it's hard to argue with what you're saying. But I believe Kansas can win the Big Tough outright. Yeah, I now, got Brad, some. I'm going to switch gears with you as we're about to close out this show. Um, we're going to talk walking in Memphis. Let's talk about the Tigers. You know what they're able to do with uh, adding Jalen Duran and Amani Bates. Um, at the moment, Memphis is five and two. How, how do you feel like they're looking right now? They're looking all right. I mean, I know that it's still early. They got some young players, but recently they haven't been playing the best. Um, they've lost two straight. I mean, I guess a really good Iowa team, and then they lost by three to Georgia. Um, it's it's tough because they played some close games to uh, out of conference guys too. Uh, Duran and Imani, they've been looking pretty solid as freshmen. Um, but I think some guys just need to step up around them. Uh, I think some guys off the bench need to step up. Um, and I think that's really what Memphis is looking for right now uh, because they're not scoring the most points at all uh, right now against some of these guys that I think they should be beating by a lot more. Um, so, I mean, they're they're all right. I'll, I'll just say that. So, Imani Bates is ineligible for the 2022 NBA draft. He'll, 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 he'll be available for the 2023 NBA draft. So he, he'll, he'll play two years of college. Uh, Jalen Duren, who is eligible for next year's draft, he'll be a top five pick, maybe a top seven pick, just depending on how he finishes the season. Right now he's averaging 11 and uh, eight um, for points and rebounds. But I, I, I want to say something, and a lot of people can get upset about this, but I'm saying it anyway. Stop with these superlatives on these kids. Stop comparing these kids because they have a similar frame, a similar skill set. style, yeah. Stop it. The Amani Bates-Kevin Durant comparison isn't fair to this kid because he's not putting out what Kevin Durant was at Texas. Kevin Durant was giving you 25 and 11 boards per game at Texas. He was hooping. Their situations are a little bit different. I got to tell you Kevin something Durant about that too, bro. grew up without his father in his life. He grew up in Sea Pleasant, uh, um, probably about 15 to 20 minutes away from where I grew up at. Like, 
they grew up different. You know what I'm saying? Stop it. Stop with the, also the Brandon Ingram comparisons because he's not even playing like B.I. was playing in college. B.I. was giving you 17 and 3 and 7 rebounds per game at Duke. Amani is only giving us right now 12 and 3 points per game. It's early in the season. Stop with the superlatives. Because right now, if you look at if if, if if I'm looking at it, his floor, if he buys in defensively, possibly call Bridges for the Phoenix Suns. He's sealing his brand Eagle right now. Just just be careful with the superlatives if somebody has a similar body size, you know, a similar game style. Yes, Armani Bates ceiling is through the roof. It really is. And maybe one day he could possibly be Kevin Durant. But stop. What? I've been hearing about Armani Bates for roughly six or seven years now. I think since yeah, he's in the yeah. sixth or seventh grade. And they were saying, oh, he's like KD. They were saying that back then. Stop putting these superlatives on these kids. I think Memphis is going to be fine. I think they're right. They're under the right tutelage. But be careful with these superlatives because... This is what happens, though, is they... All social media does, they put these, like, unrealistic... Well, not all of them are unrealistic, but they put a lot of unrealistic, like, comparisons, like, all over and stuff and expect them to be like him and then clown him when he's not like that, you know? I don't like that because he is who he is, you know. So, I I I agree with that, and I want everybody to keep in mind that he's going to be playing two years of college basketball. Just keep that in mind. So, why he's averaging twelve now? I think he'll finish the season somewhere around fifteen, sixteen. That's probably going to jump up with a year on his belt, so around twenty three, twenty four points a game. For sure, for sure. So, be careful with the superlatives. Don't judge him too early now. Uh, I, I think he is a stud, but the Kevin Durant comparison for now, we need to lay those to rest. Uh, Brad, anything else you want to say before we close out this show today? I, I think we definitely had a successful first episode. I liked a, I, I liked a lot of the insights you brought to the show today. Um, anything you want to say in closing? Not really, man. I just appreciate everybody who made it to this part of the episode, man. Uh We'll we'll continue to push out these episodes, you know. I got basketball season come up as well, so we'll try and get them out when we can. Um, but yeah, man, I I love doing the show with you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, absolutely, Brad. I gotta say one thing to you, and I'm gonna say this to you at the end of every episode. Danny DeVito and the movie Matilda had this famous line. And I'm gonna say that uh, you every show. He said this. I'm right, you're wrong, there's nothing you can do about it. That's going to be my catchphrase through this entire season of this Road to March Madness. So, Brad, I'm right, you're wrong, there's nothing you, know you can what? do about it. I know what, though? Mikey phrases uh, by Ace Stacey of Real Ones Productions, and that is ratio. Uh, so, <laughs> so, you can't do anything now. Uh, hey, 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 you anyway. ratio the quote. I, I love it. Uh, for LL Cool Brad, for the good fellas. At Real One Productions, my boy Ace my boy Moon Vibes, and Jalen Wilson. This is Road, the Road to the March Madness. I'm Lever KT. We got LL Cool Brad, and we out. Sure.